Well, hey, welcome to our home. We are so we've been wanting to have all of you over for so long. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that just is excited right. that uh, that we could make it happen this weekend. My name is Josh Walters, and this is my wife, Katie. And uh, we're just thankful that you took the time to worship with us this mm-hmm. weekend. For the last nine weeks, we've been in a series on the book of James. Now, there's 66 books in the Bible, and I just do not think that it's random or by chance that here this week we happen to be concluding this one. The book of James was written to a people who at one time, they did business together, they lived in community, they worshiped together weekly, and now they're feeling isolated. They have been Mm. scattered, they're struggling financially, many of them are sick. Now, totally different day and time, but does that storyline sound at all familiar? (laughs) To the world that you're living in yeah. right now. It does for all of us in some way. And last week, Pastor Darren spoke to the, the why question. Oftentimes in these moments of struggle and isolation, we can ask, why is this happening to me? And this week, as James concludes this letter, he gets really practical and speaks to the what question. What do we do now? And before we jump in to the text, I want to take just a minute to say thank you. As Pastor Josh shared just a few minutes ago, we learned just over a week ago that I had tested positive for the coronavirus. Katie and I actually shot a video on my Instagram. If you care to know any of the details, you can go back and look at it there. But in what's already a difficult time, trying to learn how to do homeschool and work from home, so many of the feelings that I know many of us are having to learn that news, man, it just brought about a lot of fear and worry. And over the last couple of weeks, we have seen you praying and sending text messages, phone calls, emails. We've had people dropping off groceries at the house and bringing meals by. Our kids have been like, why do people keep bringing us groceries? This is amazing, you know? And so we've just seen you be the church for our family. And we are so thankful. It's been such a testimony uh, to our kids of, of what the church is. Yeah. And, you know, we feel like more than even anything else, which all of that has felt so encouraging and so loving is that so many of you have been praying for us. Hundreds yeah. of you have prayed for us, and we really believe that your prayers changed things for us, that it yeah. shifted something um, in the spiritual that brought about just a deliverance, really, for our family in the physical. I received a negative test back, and we are so thankful for that because you can't imagine the anxiety that came just thinking about yeah being together for you know uh, over a week with really no symptoms and so when we got the test there was lots of anxiousness that could have come over me and the kids and um, but we felt such peace and we really believe that it was your prayers that changed things for That's us right. and allowed us to to come through this healthy and strong so thank you doesn't really cut it but we just want you to know we love you yeah. so much and we are so so full of gratitude that's right and that thought your willingness to engage with god spiritually brought about change in our lives naturally yeah. is where james picks up today our humble pursuit of god our willingness to pray and seek a supernatural god can bring about change in the natural world that we live in. And before you you discount or discredit yourself or your pursuit of God or the power of your prayers, James takes just a minute to speak to that himself. He references an Old Testament prophet named Elisha. And before we jump into the text, I want to read the example that he gives us. It's found in verses 17 and 18 there at the top of your outline. It says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are, He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. He prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now look at the language that James uses here. Elijah 
was a human being, even as we are. <laughs> and sometimes I think we think human being, even as we are. And we still can put these biblical characters in like another time, another setting. Yeah. But I like to put them right here in this day and age. Like Elijah, he lives in our neighborhood. He's <laughs> scurrying for toilet paper, just like you're scurrying <laughs> for toilet paper, just like yeah. we are. You know, he's yeah. facing the same kind of things, the same kind of fears. And I know God uses him as the example to help us feel a sense of faith rise up inside of us. Yeah, yeah. There's so many examples in his life, one of which a woman named Jezebel had threatened to kill him and tells a story about Elijah running in fear, right? So just as a man, just like you and I, scurrying for toilet paper, he had fear and worry and anxiety. So many of the emotions that you and I feel today that can also be so many of the barriers that keep us from believing that our prayers could be powerful and effective. But that's what James wants us to see, that Elijah, a man just as we were, if we will engage with God supernaturally, it can bring about radical change in our lives. So let's jump into the text. He goes on there in James 5, verses 13 through 16. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, today's message is going to be a little bit different. Instead of kind of digging into each of these different people groups and the directive that James gives to each of them, we wanted to take some time to to process them together, but then also create a few moments for us to do the very things that James says. And so we'll give instruction when we get to those points, and we're going to give you a few moments, and then Katie and I will hop back in. So please uh, just hang with us, but we believe God's going to show up in a special way. And this first group that James speaks to there is found in verse 13. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Mm. And I love James' use of language here. He doesn't say, you know, are the pastors or the elders or are the church leaders in trouble? Let them pray, right? He says, anyone. Yeah. If you've been coming to church for a long time or if this is your very first time, if you've walked with God for years and been faithful or if your path has had some twists and turns, you know, anyone. Why? Because we are all made in his image. He numbered the hairs on our head. He knit us together in our mother's womb. We are his kids. And he says, is anyone among you in trouble? And what's unique for this word trouble is that it's not talking about trouble that's related to persecution or suffering, but the everyday troubles of life, relational, financial, professional. You know, I'll know for you, maybe it's trouble that has to do with your spouse. Maybe you used to see each other three or four hours a day, and now you're at home with each other all day long. Which is a blessing. (laughs) It's such a gift. It really is. But it brings about some trouble, right? Or maybe you're a a senior in high school, and you were excited about the prom and graduation, and now you're home with your family all day, right? And that's brought about some trouble. Or a senior in college, you were excited to apply for jobs, and now places seem to be on a hiring freeze, mm-hmm. and it's, it's brought about some trouble. What are you going to do? Maybe you're used to dropping your kids off at school in the morning, right? And now you find yourself at home with them, serving as the school teacher, the principal, the cafeteria worker, you know, like filling all the roles, and it's brought about some trouble. Maybe you own a business and it was hard work but fun when the doors were open. 
And now that you're at home, man, it's introduced some trouble. You're having a hard time keeping things going. Well, his instruction to us is that as anyone, anyone among you in trouble, let them pray. Yeah, you know, the thing we all have in common right now is that we're all facing various kinds of troubles. It may look different than your neighbor down the street, but you're facing your own burdens, your own fears, your own your own troubles. And I think the thing I'm hoping during this time that we don't have in common is sometimes Christians can use this word prayer, which just means talking to God, and we can talk more about prayer than actually praying. And I don't know if you've ever been there. You know, I'll pray for you. I'm praying for you. We throw it around, but are we really engaging with God? Mm-hmm. Are, we will, are we really believing that the God of heaven wants to talk to us his desire is for a relationship with us. Yeah. This man named Jesus has come so that we could talk to the, talk to him, that we could cast our troubles on him, that we could literally unload them to him, that we could tell him the things that are burdening us yeah. so that he could come in and, and shift our days to be our healer, but to also be our comforter, to also be our just sense of strength in a time where we need it. So I think it's really important during this time that we don't just talk about prayer, but that we actually pray we engage God and, and we talk to Him. Yeah, so that's what we want to do. We want to take just a few minutes to give you some space to lift up your troubles to God. Is anyone yeah. among you in trouble? Let them pray. And for some of you, maybe this is going to be the first time that you've given language to some of the feelings you've had over the last few weeks, maybe some of the troubles that you're facing now. You might be in a room with your family. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to share some of those troubles and then for you to take the time as a family to lift those up to the Lord. Yeah. If you're by yourself, maybe this is just a moment where uh, you lift up some of those troubles. You bring them before the Father. There's gonna be some scripture that rotates on the screen that might prompt you for some of the troubles that you're walking through in addition to some promises that you can hold on to in this season. So let's take just a minute, bring our troubles before the Lord in prayer. And Katie and I will be back with you in just a moment. That's right, God. You are my hiding place. Mm-hmm. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. God, we pray over every trouble that's been lifted up to you today. And the picture that came to mind with that last verse is of an athlete coming out to a sporting event and his theme song 
coming on, something that would fire him up and really get him excited. And I just pray over each of these troubles that we would, maybe a song would come to mind, a song for us that would become a song of victory, a song of deliverance, that we wouldn't see how big our problems feel, how big they seem, but we would see how big you are. And so we just, we thank you, God, for victory, for deliverance. Pray that you would bring about peace and breakthrough and provision, that you would meet all of our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So the first group that James speaks to is anyone among us who is in trouble, let them pray. The second group he goes on to speak to is in James 5, verse 13, there on your outline. And he says, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. And I thought, well, James, what a great question. (laughs) Is anybody out there right now happy? (laughs) What are you happy about? Could you please email me? Because I want to know. It's Josh Walters. I'm like, man, what a question. Is anybody happy? And in preparing for our time together this week, and honestly, the person that I thought about was you. Katie, I feel like you are um, optimistic, you're positive, you're full of faith. And so like, speak to us a little bit about this. Is anyone happy? Because I see you like that all the time. Oh man. Well, not to paint any pictures of any kind of perfect mom or human. (laughs) There's been so many mom fails I could tell you about and so many moments where I was definitely losing it. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm human, just like Elijah, you know, I'm (laughs) scurrying for my toilet paper. (laughs) But I will say that from the moment that this um, crisis started, you know, they're, they're optimistic and positive people, but right now there's no um, not being aware of the suffering that's happening in our world and the epidemic that we've never faced before. And from the very beginning of it, I just knew I need more time with Jesus. I need more time with Jesus than I've ever had. And so that's the only thing I can attribute it to is the fact that He has met me every single day, every step of the way. And He really has become this source of joy and strength for me. That we've had some some rough moments and some intimidating moments and fearful ones, but more than that, we've had moments of of joy and praise and worship. We've definitely had some worship dance parties (laughs) happening all the time. I also walked down on one of those dance parties. She was doing a workout video in another room. And uh, I had to pull out the camera because she was having a little too much fun. Which will never be seen anywhere because I was going for it, if you know what I'm saying. But we've had a lot of worship. And, you know, I think about this verse and how the word here actually, it says cheerful. And it doesn't mean just like a happy, cheerful presence. It actually is a word that means inner passion, inner strength. It's a more holistic view of the person that kind of has this well inside of them. And, you know, Pastor Josh talked about the very beginning, how during this time, things are being shaken and there's pressure that's being put on us. And so there's going to be something that comes out. And I've just been thankful to God that I feel like He showed me that during this time, there is a well, there is a spring inside of me that I hope is coming out to my children, to Mm -hmm. my husband, that, you know, I feel like I've got a legacy in the balance here. These, we're making memories every day and they're definitely watching what's happening inside of our home. And, you know, at the same time of holding the burdens of life, you you have to hold the blessings and the same time, the tears, also the joy. And isn't that the human experience, you know, that, we're going to walk through some really dark valleys and some really high mountaintops, but our God, He is still so faithful through them all. And, you know, think about all that God has taken you through. In our our life and in my 20 years of walking through God, I mean, walking with God, He's just taken me through some stuff. You know, we've had dark nights in our marriage. We had one of the most 
difficult times of our life of bringing Josh's dad into our home um, during his last days and watching him go on to heaven, the hero of our family. And it was so painful, but there was also so much joy and peace because Jesus was with us every day. And so I just, I think about us as a church, as a body of Christ during this time. And you know, there's so many people in this world that are going to be walking through the same stuff as we are without Jesus, Mm. without him. And you know, this relationship with him is real. If we will engage him, he really will lift our spirits, lift our focus, lift our head, put our focus back on him and remind ourselves of eternity, remind ourselves of how this ends in love for us, that our faith is greater than our fear. And, you know, I think about all the worship songs that we've been singing for months and years and we've been training for this, you know? (laughs) What have we been singing about? Like, even when I don't see you, you're working. My faith is greater than my fears. I'm gonna build my life on your love. Like, we've been training for this time. (laughs) And so I would just invite you to ask him, you know, let let this spring come up from me. There's a Psalm that I've just held on to every single day and it's Psalm 84. And, And this is what it says. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the Valley of Baca, which means the Valley of Tears, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools and they go from strength to strength. Mm. And isn't that only our God, that he can take us as a people from strength to strength, that we're gonna come out of this thing stronger? You know, I knew going in, I wanna spend more time with you than I've ever spent in my life. And coming out of it, I know no matter what we face tomorrow, no matter what we face in the days and weeks ahead, I'm gonna look more like Jesus at the end of this thing because I've been with him because he's strengthened and changed me. And Mm. another Psalm I love is Psalm 112, and it talks about the righteous won't be shaken. And there's a part in that chapter that says, they're not sitting around waiting for bad news. They're not just sitting there every day thinking, oh gosh, but what is tomorrow going to bring? You know, they're going to just hold that day. Matthew 6 tells us to take one day at a time. And so I just, I just would invite you to do that, to ask God, you know, can you take this valley of tears and make it a spring of life that flows out of me that I can give to a lost and hurting world? Because I promise you what they are feeling is fear and anxiety, and we can give them something greater than that. We can give them the love of Jesus. That's so good. So good. If you're anything like me, in the times of trouble, I'm pretty quick to turn to God, right? But in the in the happy times, um, yeah. we can tend to roll with the punches and put a smile on our face and enjoy it and go about our lives. But what James is telling us here is that in the same way you're quick to turn to God in trouble, in the happy times, let's not forget the the God who authored, right? Those moments of happiness, those That's moments right. of joy. So when you're happy, let's sing songs of praise. And here's what this brought to mind. Over the last couple weeks, we've been gathering here in our home for church online each weekend. And all of our kids will be here in the room with us. We'll have our baby over here playing with some toys on the floor. And when worship starts, I start to sing with Katie and our kids right here from this couch. Now, coincidentally, this is also the couch that I sit on when I'm watching my favorite game uh, on a weekend, right? And so I'm a Carolina fan, so this doesn't happen often, but when my team <laughs> scores, right, I jump up off this couch oh, and it. I'm excited and high-fiving up. and celebrating with whoever's in the room. And so this is what I want to invite you to do. For the last few weeks, we've sat here and worshiped. When we gather as a family, we're kind of instructed as to when to stand up and sit down, yeah. when to clap or raise our hands. But when we're worshiping at home, it can just feel a little different. 
So this, this weekend, we are a people who have much to be happy about. And so I've asked our worship team to come back up and lead us in a song of praise. And I wanna invite you, wherever you might be, That's in a right. living room with your family or outside on a porch somewhere, wherever you might be, let's stand to our feet and sing a song of praise. And Katie and I will be back with you in just a moment. So as you're standing in whatever room you're in right now, whether it's the kitchen or the living room, I wanna encourage you to make this place a place of praise and allow that to be a response. And this song we're about to sing talks about how praise can even be our weapon. And so I don't know what you're facing, what you're feeling, but I encourage you to replace it with praise. If it's fear, if it's anxiety, it's hard to just stop being anxious, stop being fearful, but what you can do is replace it with praise. So wherever you're at, I encourage you, lift your hands, sing out, it doesn't have to be pretty, but Allow your voice to put the enemy on notice right now that you're choosing to praise right now. So let's sing together. This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds 
Yes, God, we praise you. We praise you. Let's remember as a people, when we are happy, let's sing songs of praise, right? Mm -hmm. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face, right? We got something (laughs) to celebrate. So James starts off here by saying, if anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. If anyone is happy, let them sing songs of praise. And he goes on there on the back of your outline in verses 14 through 16 to say, is anyone among you sick? Man, Mm -hmm. so relevant for the times that we're in right now, is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Uh, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mm. Now, I love what James says here. Is anyone among you sick? He doesn't say, muster up the faith, find the strength to call out to God for yourself. No, these are the seasons where when we're depleted, when our bodies are beat up, when we can struggle you know, to even get out of bed, these are the seasons that we need to piggyback on the faith of others. Yeah. says, anyone among you sick, call on a mother or father of the faith. Call on a leader, a pastor, a friend, piggyback on their faith and their prayer offered in faith will usher in, will bring about healing in your life. We've got to humble ourselves to just acknowledge, man, I need some prayer. Yeah. You've got to be willing to lean on a friend. You wouldn't believe the number of times that I have called on the elders of Seacoast. Usually it's on a weekend where I'm preaching and it feels like the train is coming off the rails, right? <laughs> like everything is going wrong in life. I'm not feeling good. Something is happening and I'll reach out to an elder and it might be nine, 10 o'clock at night. And the number of times I've had a brother drive over my house late at night with oil, to anoint me with oil and pray in faith. I can't tell you how encouraging it's been for me to feel carried by their faith. So is anyone among you sick? Don't try to muster up the faith, but lean on someone whose Mm -hmm. faith Mm -hmm. that you can piggyback on 
for a while. And the second thing that he goes on to say in that posture of humility is to be willing to confess our sins one to another that we might be healed. As we're willing to humble ourselves and reach out to ask others to pray for us, to usher in physical healing, if we've sinned, it tells us we will be forgiven. And it's that same humility that if we're willing to lean in and reach out to others, not only will we find uh, healing physically for our bodies and our sickness, but we'll experience the forgiveness of our sins and there'll be freedom and life that comes from that as well. Yeah, and I love the end of that verse where it says, and the prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever felt or questioned, like, are my prayers powerful and effective? But I definitely have. And once I realized, like, okay, I am a righteous person made right in Christ through the cross, um, yeah. so it's not about what I've done, then why would I not feel like they're pow- powerful and effective? And I was talking about talking to God about this over this time because especially one day we had a really— for me, kind of anxiety-filled day over one specific child that I was waking up early to pray over to make sure they didn't get the coronavirus. I was going to bed at night praying for this child. And I was talking to God to say, I wanna have the faith to believe that my prayers are powerful and effective. But if I'm honest, there's just been times before that you haven't answered me like I thought, or the sick Mm -hmm. person didn't get well. And so what do I do about that? How do I reconcile that? And I felt like God gave me this example of myself mothering, especially in the past several weeks, (laughs) of that my kids are literally waking up 8 a.m., 9 a.m., asking for absurd foods. I mean, I'm talking my two-year-old the other morning was like, good morning, could I have a hot dog? Listen, I'm he like, gets that one on Anytime's a good time okay. for a hot dog. Jada <laughs> loves a hot dog. But I'm just saying, they're asking for hot dogs. They're asking for airheads, cotton candy, yeah. a kebab. I'm like, no, you know, no, 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 no. The pantry's closed. No. The answer is so often no. But what God was showing me is that, was it not in my heart to nourish them throughout the day? Of course it was. Yeah. I just had the whole picture of the day in mind. And so I wasn't gonna withhold from them. I wasn't gonna withhold food from them, but I knew the timing. I knew the purpose. I knew the whole picture. And so I felt like in that moment, God said, Katie, I want you to keep coming to me like a child. And I want you mm. to put all your trust in me, not in the outcome, not in the timing, not in the answer, because I hold a picture yeah. that you just can't see and you just cannot fathom. But if you'll come before me humble like a child and trust me that your prayers are powerful and effective, that they can change things, that they can shift things. And you guys, right now, we need powerful and effective prayers over our land, over our people, over people in the hospital, people we don't even know that we're connecting with online. There is so many people suffering and we need to know and put our trust in the fact that God says that these prayers are able to change things, that he's able to bring heaven down to earth. Yeah. So this is what we would like to do and kind of applying this point. He says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call out to the elders. Let them piggyback on the faith of others. And so we want to take some time as a family to pray for the sick. Yeah. Is anyone among you sick? Maybe it's you listening to this message and your best next step today would be to text the word pray to 320-320. It'll prompt you for a couple questions and ask how we can be praying for you. And our pastors and elders and some key leaders are gonna start following up with people today in real time. We're not gonna show up to your house you know, for lunch or dinner or knock on the door and anoint you with oil right now just for us to practice safe boundaries, but we're gonna call you and we wanna hear about your sickness and we yeah. wanna pray in faith. We want you to piggyback on our faith that we could usher in healing into your body physically. So for some of you, 
that may be sick, please text pray to 320, 320 for others. If you're, if you're well, maybe you're sitting in a room with your family, maybe you know some folks who That's are right. sick and you can take this time now to pray for them. Maybe you shoot them a text to let them know. You can take a picture of your family praying and text it to them. Say, hey, you can, you can ride on our faith. We're lifting you up. We're holding up your arms in this season. If we can do anything for you, you know, know that we're praying for you. Yeah. For some of you, maybe this season, as Pastor Josh talked about a few weeks ago, as you've been squeezed, it's revealed some things in you, some sin that you're struggling with, yeah. some fear or anxiety or worry. Maybe you want to turn to your spouse or text a friend, wherever you might be, and just confess that, verbalize that to somebody that you might experience forgiveness and freedom and healing from that as well. And so yeah. let's take just a minute. I've asked our worship team to kind of play behind us. As they do, there's going to be a verse on the screen that you can kind of read and pray through. But let's take just a moment to pray. Katie and I will be back with you in just a minute. God, we love you so much. And you tell us that if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves, that you will hear us from heaven and you will heal our land. And that is our prayer, God. We confess to you any sins that are in our heart. Father, we just lift those up to you now. We ask for your forgiveness over our sins, over our land, and we ask for your healing power. Yes. Lord, for anybody under the sound of my voice, Father, that they will know that you are the healer, you are the comforter, and disease must vanish in your name and in yes. your authority. So we just say that over all types of sickness, over anxiety, over depression, yes. Father, over yes. illness, over disease, Father, that you will reign and that your mm -hmm. authority, your heaven on earth will, will, will be done. So Lord, we love you so much. We trust you just like little children. And we ask all these things in the name of your son. Amen. 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 So James here has spoken to anyone among us who may be in trouble, anyone who's happy, now anyone who is sick. And he concludes his letter much in the same spirit that we have now. You know, it is the week before Easter. And as a people who he's invited to humbly seek God, he now here reminds us to remember those who may not know him, those who yeah. don't have a relationship with him. And he says it there on your outline in verses 19 and 20. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, yeah. remember this. 
Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. It's so amazing because at the end of the entire book of James, it's almost as if he's reminding us of what is important. You know, in times of suffering or trial, he says, keep focused on seeking first God's kingdom. And you know, God's kingdom is found in brothers, sisters, people that you know that are far from God. His entire heart is that we would reach them and bring them back home. And you know, Easter in the church world, we call it the Super Bowl because it's when lots of lost people are coming to hear the good news of the gospel for the first time. Well, Josh and I kind of always have this saying in our marriage where we, it, if it's a thing that we're fighting about, I'll say like, coach, put me in, put me in. Like, I just, I love ministry. I get passionate about it. And I'm like, put me in coach. Well, the thing about this verse and this week leading up to Easter and the time that we're living in is the game has changed and it is Super Bowl Sunday coming up and the coach has put us in. Yeah. He's literally told us to take the ball and to run it to the person that we know that might be struggling or suffering that needs to hear the good news, the message of Jesus. And you know, yeah. they may see something posted online and catch the message of the good news, but I know if you invite them, That's if you right. text them, if you start a watch party, if you say, hey, this message really spoke to me and I thought you might like it. It's gonna, it's gonna do so much more mm-hmm. because they know you. They have a relationship with you, yeah. and so it is our time. This is our time, church, and this is where James tells us: Do not forget, even though you're in a time of trials and suffering, do not forget the most important thing to God is that people would know Him and they would know eternity through His Son Jesus. That's right. That's right. So normally at this point in the service, our worship team comes back up. And for some of you, maybe you've been lighting candles at home or maybe receiving communion personally or individually as a family, whatever that might look like. You feel free to respond however you would like. But as a people who are in trouble, who may be sick, who who may be happy, let's humbly pursue God and let's pray for those who don't know Him that next week they might come to know His resurrection power for themselves. Let's worship together.